Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Shadowcast, Episode 5. Tonight, you're just here with Whiskey Neon and the mediocre Zandy. Uh, Black Math was supposed to join us, but apparently um, technical difficulties got in the way, uh, a.k.a. potential sex with his wife. So we are here alone without him tonight. And uh, how, how's the past week been for you, Zandy? What you been up to? Uh, kind of just relaxing, taking it easy. I had the you know, B-side stuff we talked about. I had crypto party stuff like right after. So I've just been taking it easy. I finally fixed my old phone, but I've been trying to just not douche it. <laughs> yeah, douching it is not uh, you know, a good thing to do a lot of the time. It's good. It's good just to relax every now and then. Um, uh, everything in moderation. Yeah. So, uh, what would you do on your phone? You had to solder something. What was the deal with the phone? Uh, the power switch fucked up a while back, where it was like real sensitive. So even if you just bumped it in your pocket, it would it would uh, unlock the screen and start doing wacky stuff. So I had to take it apart, desolder the switch, solder it back on. It was a whole involved process. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I went to the local hackerspace and got it all sorted out. That's what uh, hackerspaces are there for, to uh, remove back doors that are put in your phone <laughs> by power switch glitches. So uh, so you got it running, right? So what are you going to do with it now? Uh, I think I'm going to look into installing NetHunter on it, but uh, from the little I've read, NetHunter is like a whole separate ROM um, so I've got to investigate some things. This is a Galaxy S3, so it's not technically supported, but a quick Google and it looks like someone else has tried it before and it might not be too hard to hack together a ROM. Just start with CyanogenMod or the stock S3 ROM and uh, try to splice things in from there. Oh, it sounds like a plan. Well, I've had a an interesting week. Um, T- tell me about it. <clears throat> Uh, I went to Plano over the weekend and spent some uh, time with Wirefall and Jules, and I ended up coming back early Monday morning, and the second, the very second I cross into the Oklahoma state line, I lose control of my car and crash into a bridge and uh, end up through a series of events in the hospital. But before that, when I was, you know, I, I, I wrecked my car. It's totaled. It's in the middle of the interstate. It gets hit by a, a truck um, while I'm getting out of the car. So I escaped. Holy shit. Yeah, like as I'm getting out of the car, it's just this dude screaming, and then it just hits my car. And uh, so after all of that, uh, it took forever for the actual like the texas highway patrol answered but it wasn't in texas so he had to wait for an oklahoma highway patrol officer to show up and then when he did i had my backpack uh on and the reason i had that backpack on is because my car was catching on fire and i did not want to lose my laptops so i risk certain death and go to my trunk and pull out my backpack with my laptops while cars are just going behind me like inches away. And 
I save it. And when I'm walking over to the Oklahoma Highway Patrol officer's car, he tells me to put the backpack in the front, like in front of his car. And long story short, he ends up running over my laptops and destroys them. So that was just like heartbreaking. You know, you just, he's like, oh, I wonder what I ran over. And it was like, oh, that was my laptops, man. And he, he got a jack and he had to jack the car up to actually get my backpack out. And they're destroyed. And so I end up in the hospital and I've got like a, a really gnarly bruise on my leg. But other than that, I'm fine. Uh, but then Monday night, after all this has happened, I'm asleep and I wake up at like three something to a bunch of stuff hitting the window uh, in my bedroom. And so uh, I'm like, whoa, what's that? And and I'm starting to realize this is like a thunderstorm is going on. And the next thing you know, it's just like a big bang. And uh, I hear wind all of a sudden. And so I'm like, oh, my God, there's a tornado. And I'm running around trying to figure out what's going on. And while I'm running around the house, my my legs are in immense pain. I'm in pain. It's just the adrenaline of a tornado mask that for the few minutes until it all hits me. And so I go back to bed thinking that I just freaked out and it was nothing. Come to find out there was actually a small little tornado that hit the neighborhood and a tree in the front yard snapped in two and that tree flew over and like impaled the house and broke through the bricks and now there is like a hole in my bedroom from from the tree that just flew straight for me so um we were talking about voodoo last week and i'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) i'm afraid that i may have cursed the 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 voodoo gods uh by saying it wasn't real so I'm going to have to visit Marie Laveau's grave in New Orleans to uh, see if I can't get the glee glee off of me. So I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. Hopefully I live until then. But, yeah, I've been recovering this week. I got some dope painkillers and muscle relaxers. So I'm just keeping it easy. At least trying well, to. Well, that's fucking crazy. It was my own personal 9/11 basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad to know it's all in perspective. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, let's get our first segment uh kicked off right. Now it's time for the feed. All right, for our first news item of the week, we have a new software version that has been released. Um, and do you know what piece of software had a big update that is relevant to us, Zandy? Uh, I I could guess and I'd probably be right, but I, I don't want to steal your thunder. What 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 is it? Steal my thunder. Does, does it does it does it start with an N? It does. It does. And it ends with a map. Today nice. today uh, version seven of Nmap was released. Uh, there was uh, seven improvements, uh, and the, the the big one being for me faster scans. 
because holy crap and map takes forever to um to scan if no one's ever realized that um and better ipv6 support which is very nice being that uh windows servers uh operate well well windows by default will use ipv6 for um you know networking as far as your smb services dns blah 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 all by default so good to see those those are my two big ones there because uh running an mmap scan seems like it takes forever uh i don't know uh, i i'm excited to give it a uh give it some uh what's the word i'm looking for i want to i want to use this in my test lab end quote this weekend and see what the improvements are on that <laughs> so zandy do you have some news for me uh let me oh let's see i let's see let me let me google real quick um google really okay okay i found something it's stuck so, um this is from the uh the prankster department uh so let's see teen said he made palm tran bomb threat to get scare out of people um basically this kid was on a bus with his friend and said something really loudly about how there was a bomb on the bus and the bus driver like turned to other people and she said did he just say what i think he said and yeah it guess he did so they shut down traffic on both lanes of the four lane road and this kid's facing like three thousand dollars in fines or i don't even know what because his excuse was him and his friend were talking about the movie speed <laughs> what a jackass yeah so um if you think you're clever the police might just not be willing to put up with your shit okay so was do you know if this was a school bus or was this a city bus no it sounded like it was a city bus and what's funny is the article i'm reading when he said that his friend that was with him started to like yell at him and tell him how he was fucking stupid good for him yeah um when i was in uh high school there were some kids I knew, and my my favorite thing to do uh, when when calling people and using caller ID spoofing is to caller ID spoof the White House's phone number. Um, which for for those of you who are unaware of what the White House's phone number is, it's two zero two four five six one four one four, and I don't know. They were like showing this this dude who was a senior. Um, that they knew the White House's phone number because I had, you know, like taught them what it was. And he didn't believe it. So he grabs their phone and calls the White House and says something about there being a bomb. And this was in December of whatever year. And basically what ended up happening was those two kids and their mother had to go to the FBI office in Baton Rouge, Louisiana on... <laughs> Christmas Eve. So, uh, yeah, they they were uh, given a good talking to, and they learned not to make jokes about bombing the White House. Go figure, because, you know, that always sounds like a great idea. So, 
Um, and if you're going to make a bomb threat, at least get out of school. I mean, I'm not going to encourage <laughs> ever doing it, but geez, at least get out of something if you're going to do it. Man. I, I got to say, I appreciate whoever phoned in the bomb threat at my school. <laughs> it was like a nice balmy spring day. We got to spend the whole day just chilling out on the soccer fields, having fun. It turned out really well, except for the guy that phoned it in. Of course. And did you ever have the thing where, uh, I know when I was at school, if someone pulled a fire alarm the next day, someone else was doing it or, you know, we'd have like bomb threats, like three in one week. Is that the way it was at your school? No, we just had the one. And then I think everyone else was like, wow, that kid was dumb. He got caught by the cops in like two hours. So no one else tried. Yeah, I guess it helps if you go to a really like horrible school like I did. That that probably helps because not thinking too far ahead, uh, not making good decisions in general, uh, kind of goes with the territory. Uh, but yeah, wow, that's that's a good story. So those kids thought that they could live a real life speed, and in in turn, they just get slapped with fines and all kinds of trouble. Good for them. In other news, uh, the U.S. has approved $1.29 billion in an arms sale to Saudi Arabia. Oh, what? Yeah. God damn it. And so um, this is good, though, because it's important that we um, help our allies uh, (laughs) in these trying times to protect themselves. It's not like Saudi Arabian citizens aren't known for Wahhabism and uh, supporting ISIS, but, um, you know, it's good that we stand to stand beside Saudi Arabia and are willing to uh, sell our uh, allies in the, in the Gulf with billions of dollars worth of arms. Not like, you know, and- so some of that, I think, even is cluster bombs, which, you know, the vast majority of the other nations have signed on to the no more cluster bombs treaty, except us, because we can sell them. <laughs> of course, yeah. And um, what, what's great about this, though, is that uh, last month, w- the U.S. also approved $11.25 billion worth of combat ships to be sold to Saudi Arabia. So... Uh, that's that's amazing uh, that we are willing to fund Saudi Arabia in their totally legit endeavors in the Middle East. So kudos to our government. Uh, Zandy, I think you had another story. Is that? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I do. As, mu- as much as I want to rant about Saudi Arabia and human rights... Uh, there's something more related to hacking that I found ran across and looks really cool. Um, if I pull it up, uh, let's see. So if you go to the website firmware.re, it looks like a very, you know, you know, smooth, well done sort of automated firmware analysis engine. So I, I haven't had much time to look at this and check it out, but it looks really interesting because there's certainly a lot of automated analysis of things like router firmwares you can do. And their thing looks like it's set up so that you can basically upload a firmware image to them 
they will do their automated dynamic analysis and tell you what kinds of vulnerabilities they found or hard-coded keys and backdoor passwords and stuff that they found. So, I like yeah. that. It's really uh, cool. And it's probably not like they're doing anything super fancy, you know, like uh, symbolic execution or some fucking crazy shit to find unknown vulnerabilities. Uh, my best, I haven't read any papers or anything, so I'm probably ignorant, but my best guess is they're just um, scanning and checking signatures for known issues. Right. But it wouldn't be too hard to automate, like carving a bunch of files, unzipping gzips out of a, out of a uh, firmware image and all that stuff. But it sounds pretty cool. I want to give it a shot if I uh, find some firmware I can upload. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds like a solid project. One thing that I'd be curious to see is uh, what types of firmware what does it work on? I mean, are we talking just Linux-based firmware or is it uh, for any kind of embedded device or is this just routers? I mean, do you do you know the extent of what, their, what the project, uh, what the scope of the project is? Um, no, I looked at it real quick. If I had to guess, I'd say it probably will support Linux firmwares because that's so common. Um, their website, though, just to repeat that again, is firmware.re. Uh, their website does list a Usenix Security 14 paper and a uh, Black Hat 13 US list of references. <laughs> so, <coughs> I'm down there. <coughs> <laughs> we we yeah. don't need you to choke on vapor to, f- no. to the week out. That's the vape live for you. Oh, but, I know. Uh, yeah, this this shit sounds pretty tight. I should download some uh, some little Linksys and firmware images and see what it makes of them. And you said the URL is firmware.re. Yep, that's it. It's got one of them fancy, you know, wacky TLDs. I like that it's .re for reverse engineer. That's clever. I don't know if people got that. They're real clever. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, and speaking of um, firmware, uh, it was good to find out that the FCC says, yes, you are allowed to hack your Wi-Fi router. Um, There was some regulations that could have, uh, at least theoretically, banned the use of open source firmware on on your router, like DDWRT, Tomato, or OpenWRT. Um, But what the FCC has basically said is that they will only, um, you know, forbid you for making modifications that will uh, enable your router to be out of compliance. And what that translates to is um, upping the, the wattage to where uh, outside of the FCC allowed uh, amount or different, uh, um, like, well, gosh, I can't even the frequency ranges. So, so no worries. We can now continue to use our open source router firmwares uh, the FCC is not going to take that away. So that's that's a good bit of news that's relative. But uh, moving on to the most important news of the week by far, 
uh, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> oh my uh, God. <laughs> what? No, no. Let, uh, let me sit down. Let me down yeah. gently. Yeah, Charlie Sheen uh, went on the Today Show uh, to publicly announce to the world that uh, after running various tests uh, because they were unsure, um, they have now are 100% uh, HIV positive, so that he is HIV positive. So and it turns out that he spent over $10 million to keep it a secret. And uh, yeah, so for the past, like, I don't know, four or five years, apparently he's been HIV positive. So um, uh, do they do they like know how he got it? Was it, well, dude? I mean, wait, wait. What <laughs> was it? The was it the tiger blood? It could have been the tiger blood. Yes, yes. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, maybe the tiger blood was part of a uh, <laughs> like a treatment program that he was trying out. Um, when he, everyone knows that he could have just injected his bloodstream with money, and that would have been the cure <laughs> for AIDS. Uh, but yeah, so in a completely unrelated note uh a study was released the same day that charlie sheen made his announcement that one out of two and a half men are hiv positive so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you had to i had to i had to that's literally the only reason why i wanted to uh do that story was for that joke uh (laughs) so yeah um uh, then, of course, uh, the actual big news of the week was the uh, the the next item that Zandy's going to uh, tell us about that uh, is based out of Florida. I- is that correct? Oh, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I got to go back to the Florida man subreddit. Hold on. I'll Jesus, find something the good. Li- the link's in the chat, dude. Uh, golf cart. Fuck, I fucked up. Oh, the golf cart one. <laughs> oh yeah, so you can you can get a DUI in a golf cart. Uh, just so you know, so if you if you're drunk and you've got to get somewhere, you know, golf cart's still just as bad as a car, except it's slower. So um, I I wonder if if that like a golf cart, right? But what about a lawnmower? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's got blades, so. Th- you could say it's worse to drive it drunk. All right. But what it also it? goes way slower. Do I we mean, know if, if he was in the street? I mean... Okay, yeah. So the story is that Florida man uh, gets a DUI in a golf cart. But reading the article, he uh, he passed out in some guy's driveway and they woke up and called the cops. <laughs> he had he had an empty bottle of Canadian mist on the floor. And when they asked him to do a sobriety test, he just said, I can't do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, God. That's what I want to do with my life when I retire, is just drive around drunk in a golf cart and pass out in someone's driveway. That's amazing. <laughs> I wonder if he thought he was home or if he just knew he couldn't get any further or if the golf cart just ran out of battery. A lot of scenarios. They could exist there. Well, apparently the city that it was in, uh, let me look it up. The city that it was in 
it's apparently really common to drive around in a golf cart. So I guess it's just a fucking retirement golf community. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I can't I imagine it's real. Think about that. There is a community in which people drive around in golf carts. I bet they have hover rounds uh, all the time. <laughs> Could you imagine the accidents they probably have? And the people there probably get injured really easily um, because they're drunk. <laughs> this is amazing. All right. So uh, thank you for that news item. Um, again, the actual real story of the week was the unfortunate attack in, in uh, Paris where we tragically lost 129 uh, people with – uh, many hundreds that were wounded uh, with an attack by ISIS. So here at Shadow Systems, we want to encourage everyone to change their Facebook profile picture to um, one with the fr France flag overlay, and we will have a moment of silence for those who uh, have passed. All right. So right with that, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. <clears throat> so moving on to our main topic of the evening, or what we would like to call your mom. Come one, come all. Engaging your mom in three, two, one. Activate. All right. Well, so mentioning Paris there, as Rahm Emanuel once said, "You never let a serious crisis go to waste." We had a pretty awesome reaction to um, the whole uh, terrorist attack there in, in Paris. So the whole goal of terrorism is to incite terror into people. And that seems to always work, uh, especially if you're a politician. Uh, the, their biggest uh, product, it seems to be, is fear. And the fear of terrorist attacks occurring uh, using technology to communicate is something that we've heard a lot of. And um, real quick, uh, I'm going to play a clip from the New York Police Commissioner uh, William Bratton here. This is the new paradigm we're now going to have to deal with. As uh, your previous guest just talked about the concern about going dark, as the head of the FBI has described it. These apps, uh, these devices that now allow these terrorists to operate effectively without fear of penetration by intelligence services. This is the first example of this. I'll be very interested for our purposes to see what type of phone devices were they carrying, what type of apps might have been on those devices. We, in many respects, have gone blind as a result of the uh, commercialization and the selling of these devices that cannot be accessed either by the manufacturer or, more importantly, by us in law enforcement, even equipped with the search warrants and judicial authority. This is something that is going to need to be debated very quickly because we cannot continue operating where we are blind, which is our offense, gathering intelligence and acting on it. The French clearly in this instance had no understanding that this was going to happen, and we've seen the ramifications of that. So with Bratton's comments there, that's kind of the sentiment that we've been hearing by a lot of lawmakers and uh, people of authority throughout the world is crypto is what allowed these attacks to occur and what was the the 
the big thing that we heard uh, uh, from this is like, well, here's an example. Um, during the House Judiciary Committee on Tuesday, uh, the Attorney General Loretta Lynch uh, actually uh, said that the use of uh, advanced encryption technologies has hampered investigations of individuals plotting violence in the United States. Uh, she said that the terrorist suspects have switched from traditional communications tools to ones with end-to-end -end encryption, which even providers can unlock when served with court orders to do so. By using such tools, suspects ensure that officials no longer have visibility into those discussions about plots. So this is kind of the narrative that we've been hearing and seeing over the past week. And uh, what ends up being the truth behind all of this? Oh, it, it turns out that they just used SMS uh, that was completely unencrypted. So... Yeah, that's where we're at. And uh, like Rahm Emanuel said, they're not letting this go to waste. So what say you, Zandy? Uh, oh, it's, I mean, it, it's incredibly fucked up. I mean, you've got a small handful of people that killed a shitload of people. But it's just so crazy that only a few days after it happened, you had such a widespread assault on encryption and cryptography uh, from police and the government. I mean, I pulled up a few quotes here. What do I have? You've got everyone from Hillary Clinton to James Comey, well, who's the FBI director, so you would expect it, to uh, Cyrus R. Vance, the Manhattan DA, decrying encryption and you know, going on and on about how it's terrible. So for Hillary Clinton, she said, we need Silicon Valley not to view government as its adversary, which is really funny considering the government is actually an adversary if you want to trust the random number generators that get standardized. So, uh, oh yeah, and if you're Google and you don't want your shit to get hacked by the NSA so that they can spy on your users. Exactly. So, that, that's, um, so that's a bit problematic. Then uh, Robert S. Litt, who you kind of... Uh, you alluded to a statement he sort of made earlier that many people have made. One of his emails was quoted in the Washington Post uh, regarding the encryption debate and trying to backdoor uh, encryption in general. He was basically saying in an internal email that back then the public was against uh, encryption backdoors. They wouldn't be able to get it passed, but their mind might change if a significant violent or criminal event happened, which you can see happening here. You know, we've had these atrocious attacks that nobody likes and everybody wants to, you know, voice their opinion against. And they're taking advantage of the situation to try and say, look, encryption was something that prevented us from stopping it. So we should do this. This is something that they've kind of, I'd say, have been waiting for for a while. So you've got you know, various government and law enforcement uh, personnel coming out very soon after this happened saying, oh, we have to stop end-to-end -end cryptography. We have to do this. We have to do that. And it's not even clear, only a few days after it happened, the extent that cryptography was even used by the people involved. I mean, you had SMS used by them as far as saying, yes, we're attacking now. 
they probably met up in person multiple times, which crypto backdoors would not prevent. And beyond that, it's even unclear if they used crypto and knew it. I mean, if you go to your bank's website, it's going to use HTTPS by default. Right. I mean, the point is crypto helps everyone's security. It's not like these are people going out saying, okay, how can we hide from the feds? Let's install GPG and learn how to use it. Yeah, and, and um, that that that's that that uh, email that you just quoted. If you could repeat it one more time, what was said there? That was the alarming phrase. Oh yeah, I've I've got the full quote pulled up here. If I um, go back through the sources, I the research I pulled up. So the quote, as reported by the Washington Post, is. The legislative environment is very hostile, the intelligence community's top lawyer, Robert S. Litt, said to colleagues in an August email. It could turn in the event of a terrorist attack or criminal event where strong encryption can be shown to have hindered law enforcement. Yeah. So, yeah, right there you have the sort of implied strategy of we can't get what we want right now. But if we wait long enough, something terrible will happen, and then we can get what we want, which is, as I'm sure you might mention in a second, how the Patriot Act was passed. Well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly the, the uh, wow, yeah. Um, there was a organization, a, uh, a neocon think tank that uh, was founded in 1997, uh, in Washington, D.C., called PNAC, and that was Project for a New American Century. And uh, they released this uh, report uh, on September 11th, 2000, that was called Rebuilding America's Defenses. And inside of that document, there was a section called Creating Tomorrow's Dominant Force. And uh, one one really um, specific line in that was that basically transforming America's uh, uh, military into a new generation of, of using new technologies and stuff like that, that whole process was going to be a long one absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor, which was, of course, the 9-11 that we saw a uh, year to the day of that report being released, and it's important to what, why I'm why I'm mentioning that is because the the members of the Project for a New American Century uh, were Jeb Bush, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, Scooter Libby, um, a lot of people who uh, Paul Wolfowitz, uh, people who were in a, in the Bush administration, um, they were all a part of this organization that released this report. And it's a very similar uh, verbiage that you're hearing in regards to that's military action. So it's an opportunist. Um, uh, it was an opportunity for them to uh, enact this strategy. And the quote you just gave in regards to crypto, it's the same idea of here's a crisis. Now we can start moving towards um, our agenda. Uh, so trying to draw an analogy there these people are the ones who were for the patriot act who were for going to a war in iraq and now you have people who are saying basically the equivalent towards crypto 
And it's very concerning because history does tend to repeat itself. Well, uh, one of the very worrying things is that, you know, we saw this, you know, months before this attack happened. The quote I read off is actually from a September article in the Washington Post. Um, This is something where, similar to the Patriot Act, they've had this idea. They've had what they wanted to implement and they've kind of set it aside because they said, okay, we're not going to be able to get this right now. But if we set this aside and wait for the opportune moment, then we probably can. And so it's a very kind of, it's a very, very disingenuous and manipulative way of trying to get their way. And considering the effect of encryption and backdoor encryption, it's actually very worrying as far as personal liberties go, not to mention just being able to securely communicate with your bank or your friends. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, some of the stuff that people are saying is just really uh, just upsetting. Uh, Diane uh, Feinstein um, saying that uh, Silicon Valley has to take a look at their products because if you create a product that allows evil monsters to communicate in this way, to behead children, to strike innocents, whether it's at a game in a stadium in a small restaurant in Paris, it, to take down an, uh, an airliner, that's a big problem. Um, John McCain, it's time we had another key that would be kept safe and only revealed by means of a court order. Recruitment and training and equipping can go on secure sites, and we cannot let that continue to happen. And all due respect to my friends in Silicon Valley. So there you have uh, a Democrat who is saying that encrypted, in, in encrypted uh, products allow evil monsters, uh, meaning ISIS, to behead children. Wow. Congratulations there. Uh, and then, of course, on the other side, you have McCain uh, saying that recruitment and training and equipping can go on secure sites. The same can be said about our own military, mind you, Mr. McCain. Um, and I really love that he says it's time we had another key that would be kept safe. So we need to have a back door and encryption. That'll be our yeah. little secret. And yeah. yeah. So it's a bipartisan That's- effort. I love it when both sides of the aisle can come together to make America stronger. Well, and there's there's so many fucked up things about that because as pointed out by I think the EFF, but I, I'm probably not remembering properly, if you even wanted to try and implement that kind of backdoor system. The kind of inform- that you know that court order key you would have to keep secret would have to be so widespread and easy to access for every local PD that it mm. would not stay secret for very long. I mean, yeah. look at the fucking TSA keys we got a picture of in the newspaper, <laughs> and then everyone has them now. We f- you fucking three D print them now. I mean, well, it's done. Yeah, if um, we want to look at who to blame and and that losing the key thing, um, we can look no further than uh, Edward Snowden. Okay. Uh, Edward Snowden <laughs> has gotten a lot of blame lately uh, for these attacks because that makes sense. Uh, the terrorists have learned from the Snowden leaks to be able to communicate securely, but yet they use unencrypted SMS. Anyways. Oh, even, um, even when they try and use encrypted communication, they use Telegram for fuck's sake. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. And 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 we'll, I'll actually get to Telegram in a second. Uh, when you look at that whole master key mindset, Snowden. If if we take what uh, a lot of people in government, their view of Snowden as being a a uh, person who is um, a friend of Russia, you know, uh, it's, you know, you know how they always say that he ran off to Russia, even though they revoked his passport when he was in Russia. Um, let's say, let's let's do this, Edward Snowden. You are a traitor, Edward Snowden. You took those documents to go and give them to our enemy. That's who you are, Edward Snowden. You're a traitor. You're the scum of the earth, and. You just happen to walk out of a secure facility with all of that uh, highly classified information. And as a analyst for the NSA under contract by Booz Allen, uh, he would be able to have access to that master key. So, so Edward Snowden, the traitor, the guy who leaked all this stuff to China and Russia, that guy would have been able to leak that master key. So next time you're calling for a master key, remember that someone like Edward Snowden, that evil bastard, will be able to steal those keys out from under you. It's really a, a completely warped, absent and, of any logic, logic out there. I mean, I don't, well, I don't understand. I, I, funny enough, even then, if they were to implement these crypto backdoors, what encrypted communication systems will they be using? They're going to be shit out of luck. Well, their own systems are going to be backdoored. Well, they currently uh, are. Well, but, I mean, besides other nation states that can get in, right? Um, but it's I, I think it's very telling because the entire push for getting backdoors uh, legislated in the technical systems that we use, so that we can't have a private electronic communication. I mean, like you said, it's a bipartisan effort. You have Democrats and Republicans unifying in this push to try and fuck us over. And I'd say it's because it's not that they're interested in our security, but they're interested in theirs. Because if they're able to do the kind of um, widespread dragnet surveillance that they have set up that is unimpeded by end-to-end encryption, then that gives them more control they can exert. So it's not much of a question of one political party or another or anything else, really, even security. It's just kind of trying to head off the public use of encryption so that they can, you know, keep their asses and keep their nice, comfortable seats in their ivory towers. Yeah, and, and, you know, you can look at this and... uh it's important to do a lot of fact checking, and when they're when they're ever talking about crypto, because it's not like if you want an example of how Congress understands technology, look no further than the Hillary Clinton email scandal, uh, because you will learn so much about that. I remember watching the hearings, screaming. I actually called uh, a congressman. Um, their office to try to put something in their ear because the technical uh, explanation that they were given was completely wrong. It was all, it was all BS. It was basically like an exchange server um, downloads emails to a computer. And if those emails, uh, if that hard drive is destroyed, then so are the emails. Um, (laughs) That's not how it works at all. 
unless you had it configured for pop three. Um, but that's not how exchange works. And, and so anyways, there was, there was a lot of things wrong there, but they just, Oh, well, we were going to buy it because we don't understand anything. You know, it's, it's really stupid. Well, and, e- even then there's a lot of businesses in government where they have to, uh, they have to keep email for a certain period. And it's really handy if they can also search that email in case they get sued so they can say, Oh shit, we need all the email that was sent to this person. It's a good thing. We've got it in an easy way to get it. So any kind of, you know, Hillary Clinton's fucking email server, they've probably have some sort of archiving and retention set up just because they probably know what they're doing at least a little tiny bit. I'm sorry. I I, I was saying the, the Hillary Clinton email thing. Uh, what I was actually referring to was the IRS email scandal. I forget that we had, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. That, it was the it, the IRS one where they were saying that it was the emails were on the laptops, and that's a complete lie. There's no way Hillary Clinton's was complete. I actually trust Hillary Clinton's email server more than I would the government's as far as security goes. Because if Clintons are going to do something right, it's protecting their asses from ever getting in trouble. So <laughs> I totally trust her security over our governments as far as backdoors or potential hacking has occurred. I, I, I really want to protect the mental image in my head of Hillary Clinton sitting down, you know, she gets off work, she comes home, and she pulls out this beige box and installs BSD and is setting up her email <laughs> server. I, I want that to have happened. I really hope it has. That's my, I, I really hope it happened. I don't want it to, I don't want them to share my fantasies and have it be like some other company she paid. I really oh, hope that's exactly what happened. No, no, no. I, I really hope Clinton set up her own BSD server so she could have her own email. I really hope she was like, Fuck these sysadmins. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. I'll set, I'll set up my own. But yeah, she, You know what? I would trust her setting up her own BSD server before I would Mr. Chin setting up any server. I'm oh. sure Miller couldn't could do a better job than him. <laughs> that's, not, that's not fair. He ain't here to defend himself. Yeah, well, he would be if he could figure out how to... to uh, yeah, I'm not, we didn't even invite him on the show, but I can promise you he wouldn't be here because he probably wouldn't be able to configure something correctly for his setup. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, one thing that that uh, I want to point out with this whole crypto talk is uh, earlier before the whole Paris uh, terrorist attack, um, there was a uh, an opinion piece in the Washington Post called uh, titled "The USTR Wins the Crypto War." And uh, basically, uh, as part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the greatest agreement that has ever happened to uh, America uh, since the uh, Declaration of Independence. Um, Praise Reagan. (laughs) Yeah, the the TPP basically uh, meant once that became a thing that uh, we won the crypto war, the people won the, the crypto war because uh, according to that opinion piece, uh, all of uh, crypto as we, we would like it to be. uh, It means that basically uh, if uh, a country uh, creates cryptographic software, they do not have to provide it with a back door, but 
Unfortunately, that's not the case. Uh, I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, If you go to the the Office of the United States Trade Representatives website, there is a TPP uh, little page there on their site where you can see all these fun facts that are completely skewed and and uh interpreted in a way that is positive and that's kind of the point here is uh when this when these type of things happen they're going to spin it in a way that makes it sound like the people have won when in fact their interests are going to always outweigh ours and that was the case with the tpp so um uh so if you have telegram you mentioned telegram uh, if uh, Germany decided that they needed to backdoor their software, uh, th- that could happen. Um, and there's nothing that we could um, do about that. Um, and it would not be in violation of the TPP. Uh, if, if, if only the only way that you could be able to do that is uh, if uh, a different country uh, was sold that software and they were both, TPP uh, signers. So this is something that's given to people, consumers for free, or even as a, a product or a service, that's irrelevant. This is from country to country commerce as far as encryption technologies are concerned with the back doors or lack of back doors. So if um, the U.S. developed some encryption technology that had a back door, and it gave it to a if it sold it to a Germany, for example, then there could not be a back door, basically, according to this agreement, it would be in violation of. But the consumers, however, can freely get screwed over. <laughs> um, and if a if the US forced a company or, or coerced a company via monetary compensation or just because they're good old patriots. Um, there would be no no restriction of trade at all. Uh, so nothing's changed there. Uh, the crypto wars are still continuing. Um, that article is uh, misdirection. And we really need to push continuously forward that end-to-end encryption is not the devil. It so- is a good thing. So um, go back to the trade between countries thing again. What was that about products from one country to another? Yeah. um, So basically, uh, all right. So when when you're looking at uh, the the back door there, uh, it would be, from my understanding is, uh, say the country A and country B, a product comes out of country B, and uh, country A demands a backdoor into country B's product. That cannot happen. It would be in violation of the agreement. And then um, basically, I don't know what the process is. If a country violates the TPP, I guess they go into a TPP court. And <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking like, what about open source devs? They're not doing work for any country they're just nah. that's just where they live i no no i don't i don't i don't think open source is affected by this whatsoever um 
and again, open source is a little different there. We're, we're, we're mainly talking back doors and software that is going to be proprietary. If it's open source, that whole theory of uh, many eyes is going to protect us like it did with OpenSSL. Um, of course. But uh, from my understanding with the TPP, uh, open source isn't affected in that sense. But if company, uh, sorry, if country A requests uh, a product from country B to have a backdoor, country B has to be like cool with it. If they if they don't know about it, if they don't approve it or, or whatever, then uh, there's a violation of the TPP. So it doesn't do but, anything for consumers. But so that's still like an agreement between the governmental agencies about whether right. they can or cannot backdoor some person's software. Right, right, right. Mm, yeah. That's, that's kind of fucked from the uh, government fucks you over perspective, I guess. But Yeah, yeah. Like consumers don't get anything out of this at yeah, all. Yeah, because the consumer has no say. Nobody involved has no say. It's just the government of the places the software manufacturers happen to be in that gets to determine. Right. Well, so, here's, um, man. Here's, here's something that I want to throw out there. Uh Zandy is the uh, organizer of the Ann Arbor Crypto Party. So, uh, with the the terrorist attacks that have occurred uh, in Paris, what would how would you react if uh, someone who came to the Crypto Party there in Ann Arbor were to later six months down the line after you taught them how to do certain things like encrypt their life basically they end up doing a terrorist attack and use the exact things that you taught them to commit that act what 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 how would you react to that would it change things for you um would you see things differently in that regard um i think it might but it really it's such a far-fetched kind of hypothetical that it's hard to think about because as far as the crypto party goes, it's it's open to the public. You know, I and the other people that are involved to teach people what we know, and it's very much focused on keeping people secure. You know, there's the whole like government boogeyman aspect, which I do think people need to uh, be concerned about. But it is it's also focused on simply keeping yourself secure against just the random run-of-the-mill attacker or even an abusive spouse. But uh, if there was... So I'd, I'd say I would be very reluctant to help somebody who seemed to obviously have ill intent. And so, know, so you're gonna, are you going to racially profile? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm, I'm saying if someone's going to be like... I don't, I don't know, because I've never seen anything like that, you know, if someone was to like start talking about jihad or some sort of strange thing, I'd probably think it was a prank first off. But uh, I would be like concerned. Like, I w if someone came in talking about fucking white supremacy and stuff, I would probably say, you know what? I I don't really feel like helping you with this crypto stuff. Maybe someone else can. But uh, but Sandy, that that's still freedom of speech. Yeah, it is. I'm 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 well, torn I mean, on that personally. You, you personally don't have to help the person. I no, mean, I absolutely no. despise uh, white supremacy or any kind of hate speech. Hell, I absolutely hate 
Westboro Baptist Church, but I would never, ever prohibit Westboro Baptist Church's ability to have freedom of speech. I think that when they do their protests, as awful as they are and how much of abuse of free speech <laughs> it is, I do not believe that they should be thrown into these free speech zones because that's just a slippery slope. Yeah, but what 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 happens when one one of them or someone in their fan club goes out and like shoots a bunch of people at a funeral? I mean, if well, I that's was, obviously not free speech. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think speech includes bullets. Last I checked, depends who you ask, though. I actually really am curious if the NRA, if the NRA would have a uh, some kind of like bend over twisted like. <laughs> Going to the range is free speech thing, but that's that's a different topic. That could be funny. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah. If if I had a crypto party, and the Paris one of the people involved in the Paris thing had you know shown up months ago, and he seemed, you know, he seemed like a normal guy, and I helped him with some stuff, and then it turned out he did that, that'd be fucked up. I mean, from everything I've heard so far, using that situation, crypto wasn't used, but it's still something I've been thinking about and kind of torn on because I wouldn't want to aid that in any way. Although I'm also not sure giving or not giving advice on how to use privacy tools would have much of an effect. Well, I mean, it's, it's, if you look at the nine 11 hijackers, um, uh, there was two that lived in an apartment complex that I lived in at, at some point. <clears throat> and I have a whole fun story with me and my, no book of international phone numbers getting lost two months after 9-11. That's oh, for another yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, pro tip, if there's ever a terrorist attack, don't have an international phone book with the White House Pentagon <laughs> numbers and other things uh, just disappear near where those terrorists may have lived at some point because it won't be fun for you. Um, but anyways, the... You know, okay, so they went to a college that I was, I didn't attend. That's not the right word. I was, uh, I, I would go too frequently. How about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this college, you know, right there, uh, they attended there and they were from Saudi Arabia, right? So I was friends with Saudi Arabians because there's a lot of them there. And uh, I gave a crypto party because they were going back to Saudi Arabia. And, you know, it's kind of an awful country. And uh, so, yeah, they, they basically, um, I, I taught them how to uh, use Tor Browser Bundle uh, and explain TrueCrypt, uh, full disk encryption, and uh, one of those guys I didn't teach because he was a Wahhabist. He was so anti-U.S. He was so for the whole, like, uh, just horrible treatment of women and everything. So I, that's, like, going to be the last person I ever teach any well, of this. So, so, so was he very, like, outspoken about it oh, or yeah, was it yeah. something you picked up on? No, this was uh, the first time I talked to him uh, was we were all drinking and uh, I had my friend. Wait, wait, was, 
was he drinking or was he just yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, because the hypocrisy doesn't mean anything apparently. Um, but yeah, he his voice his views were known because I don't know. I'm in an apartment full of Saudi Arabians. Why not talk about 9/11? <laughs> and, oh, and, fuck. and my guest was a Purple Heart Iraq vet and one of his conservative friends. So you can imagine that dynamic. Jesus Christ! Is this yeah. like a joke? This isn't a joke. Or, I know it sure oh. sounds like one. <laughs> um, but we had an amazing conversation about 9/11. And but this guy was a complete jackass. That's going to be the last person I want to teach this to. But mm. the, but he was an acquaintance or friends with these other guys. Now I'm teaching them this crypto technology. What if at some point they join ISIS? I haven't talked to them in forever. They they went back to Saudi Arabia. What if they, uh, you know, join join some terrorist group? I I, I have no way of knowing that. Uh. I actually, on another side of the coin, uh, was extremely worried about their their well being when TrueCrypt like announced the the end of the the project uh, because I was afraid that they could be dead, they could be beheaded because at least one of them was atheist. So, uh, wow. I don't know. That's that's something that I uh, I I kind of wonder a bit about um from time to time that's that's fucked up because i mean uh, on the one hand if someone is obviously maybe well i don't know it's tough to think about it's certainly a complicated question i mean the wahhabist who was a complete jackass i mean just as a person you might say eh nah he's fuck a dick fuck yeah. him but the other guys you know they might seem like totally fine normal people you give them this information that could give them some sort of power and protection. And then what do they do, you know, five, 10, 20 years on down the road? Are you right. even responsible? Can you even know? I, I don't think you can even really, really tell at that point. You're just trying to go off the information you have. And based off the information you have, give them the help that you're comfortable with and you see fit to, you know, like I, I understand the, the atheist Saudi, like, he is in a really bad situation. You had, um, what's his name? There was a blogger a few months ago who got right. sentenced to many lashes for, I think, apostasy or some bullshit like that. In Saudi Arabia, they regularly have been executing people by beheading. So if you're an apostate in Saudi Arabia, that's a bad position to be in. If I had met one of those, without a doubt, I would teach them how to use you know, tour at the very least and keep themselves safe. But, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily know who you are teaching this to. And you kind of just have to go off the information you have because you can't just say, I don't know who you are, but you're from Saudi Arabia. So I think I'm going to just play it safe and not teach you how to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, profiling based off of just, uh, where they're from, it, that's not an easy thing. It's just, uh, it's a double-edged sword with crypto. We can protect uh, women who are in uh, uh, safe houses. Uh, we can teach uh, children and parents how to keep themselves safe. Uh, and also, we can, um, uh, you know, help people who are, possibly sharing democracy with their whole country on the flip side 
It protects people uh, who distribute and create child pornography. It can enable terrorists to communicate in a way that our our SIGINTs can't intercept. Uh, And it can also be used to throw over a uh, country that's not a democratic or positive movement. It could be a tyrannical um, uh, theocracy that could take its place. Uh, As we learned with the Arab Spring, There's good and bad that can come out of crypto. It really relies on the humans that use it. Crypto is a gun. If you think that guns should be legal, if you think that guns aren't inherently evil, that is the exact same thing as cryptography. It can be used for bad or it can be used for good. Uh, It's really up to who uses it. Well, I'd I'd say it's very very much that, but... More than just uh, guns and weapons, cryptography is mathematics. You don't get to, I mean, if you really wanted to, you might be able to restrict guns in a country, but mathematics are, you know, objective truth. You don't get any say in that no matter how hard you try. So even if you have the most extreme kind of crackdown on cryptography, you don't get to change the math. And in the end, you know, it's an enabler. It's something that is going to protect people, whether it's for good reasons or bad reasons. And it's up to the people to not do shitty things, which yeah. is partially the problem, but the only thing we can really fix. No, that's what it comes down to, is the government cannot protect you from everything. And we should not ex- expect that out of the government. So we should just have this as an acceptable, uh, an acceptable risk. Freedom and liberty are more important than this idea of security. Because if the TSA has taught us anything, is that the government's not going to keep you any more secure. And these back doors are just going to make us insecure and not secure at all. So, fuck you guys for using (laughs) terrorism as a way to scare people into crypto backdoors and fuck you terrorist for just being terrorist. So here, here, if they make encryption legal, I'll still do it and I'll teach people to do it. So fuck them. Yeah. And the, and the wise words of wirefall, if they do this stuff, uh, then well, fuck them. So, <laughs> I think that pretty much covers it. Um, Zandy, you have any closing words under the, other than what you just basically said? Um, I don't know. Other, other than just uh, fuck it, go for broke, hack the planet. <laughs> yes. And for all of those who were affected by the terrorist attacks, our hearts are with you. And remember, the only way that we can defeat ISIS is by hacking the planet. That was such a stupid way to end the show. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I could ever have said.
Shadow Systems. <laughs>